Well, good morning and welcome to the Church Office podcast. If you're joining us on video, it's lovely to be here. My name is Gavin and I'm the founder of the, the Church Office. And uh, thanks for logging on and listening to us today. I've got John Troscott with me this morning. John, lovely to have you with us. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. John's last podcast, mate, was great. People really enjoyed it. Had lots of good feedback from listeners who said, we love John. Let's get him back on and uh, draw him out. So, uh, so today's topic is uh, capacity. And we're thinking about what it's like to, to manage our own capacity. Uh, what are some of the external, internal factors that, that can affect that? So that's uh, our discussion today. So we're hoping that we can uh, inform you and be a blessing to you as you think about this topic. Um, I said to John, I'd kick off with a kind of motorway illustration. John, you're you're an ex. Uh, what are you that links into motorway traffic and? Oh, transportation engineer for a few years after I left uni. So uh, yeah, traffic flows fascinate me. It does, yeah. So John's going to know exactly what I'm going to say here on this illustration. So, uh, I mean, I was we're, our church building is right next to the M4, and uh, we were going through a situation, John, where we almost had a compulsory land purchase uh, because the if you've ever come into Wales, in the corridor of Wales, you've come through this horrible stretch of road, uh, two lanes of traffic, and uh, everyone complains about it, and it's awful. Um, and small factors can affect the uh, running of this motorway. And uh, I guess that got me thinking about capacity and linking the two together. And I think it's a very good observations and illustration to kind of talk around and say, how do, how do we respond to it? Um, and there was an article that was published from the Welsh government that was saying that when, you, when the motorway here runs at 80%, it, it flows really well. Uh, there's no stopping and starting. It's safer for everyone that's using it. It's better for the environment. Uh, you know, there's less frustrations, less fewer accidents and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the article was proposing that as soon as it goes to 85%, the dynamics on the road change. And if you start going to 90%, I mean, there's points when capacities are over 120% because it's just, you know, crazy. Um, and this article was saying that, you know, run, you know, let's find ways that we could run this at 80%. And I think that's probably a very good, true kind of level that we should be thinking about in our work and our life. You know, people talk about work-life balance now. Uh, it's quite, quite a modern way of doing it. And I, I think we want to, you know, certainly in this talk, we want to kind of advocate for an 80% capacity. And then there's lots of different ways that the Welsh government have used different policies, different procedures, different things to try and help reduce that you know getting local traffic off uh, again it's an, an interesting conversation to say right what can i delegate what can i take off from what i'm currently doing uh, what are some of the factors that i can change in my car that will make things better for me less frustrating um, and it's true i think we've all had those weeks and uh, months where we know we're over capacity something small happens in our lives and suddenly there's a backlog of 25 miles of traffic um, I think we had a sheep run across the road here in Wales once and uh, there was there was something like 30 miles of traffic and it took hours and hours to clear. And I think sometimes my life feels a bit like that with capacity. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on that? Is that am I explaining this good enough for you as an engineer? Oh, yes. 80% um, rule comes into all sorts of things. And we know that a church that's 80% full doesn't fill any more um, things like that. Yeah, uh, that's from observation and from research. But uh, I think in our lives, um, when we get to a point, and capacity, by the way, is, is affected by all sorts of things, which I can talk about in a minute. Um, but when we get to a point where 
there's a bit more we can take, but not that much more. We, that's fine. But once we get up to that 100% mark, um, then the stress levels start. And once stress starts, or I call it distress, when there's too much stress. Yeah, yeah. Because um, stress is good for you, but not, but yeah. not too much. And then when it gets to distress, then you, as it were, bounce down again from a ceiling because you can't cope. Yeah. And then suddenly something that was running quite smoothly in your life goes haywire. Yeah. Suddenly it's out of control, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's very true. And uh, so John, tell us what are you, what are some of the external factors that you're aware of that, that, that influence this, that affect us? Okay. Well, Gavin, you've asked me to, you know, to, to deal with this in this podcast on, on capacity, which set me thinking earlier this morning. Uh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I, 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 it's usually for requests of things like this that make me then write stuff. So I'll probably write something on this. Oh, it'd be great. Um, but um, no, I just jotted down a few things. What, what affects us externally for our capacity, human capacity to, yeah. to do stuff and to work for the Lord? Um, and what are personal issues? And I think there's, we need to just differentiate between the external factors and the things that are inside us. So the external things, I jotted down three things. Um, first of all, the nature of the job. Mm -hmm. uh, thinking of, a, of an administrator in a church office, uh, just being in the church office means they're probably handling quite a amount of reception work. Yeah. And I find that many churches fail to put that reception responsibility into the job description because they don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it can take a quarter, a third of your time. So your capacity then for doing the work you're supposed to be doing is hugely reduced. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You've blocked off a lane on the motorway with roadworks. You've yeah. coned off a lane, yeah. um, as it were, if you, if you want to go back to that illustration. Yeah, we should. I like that. Yeah, coning <laughs> off. That sounds good. Um, yeah. And therefore, the capacity you have for the work you're employed to do is severely limited. So there's uh, and things like that, the, the actual nature of the job. Um, the second thing I jotted down was your level of availability, which is linked to that. Of course, they're all overlapping. Yes. Um, and we all know that there are times when we want to do some bookkeeping work when the only way to actually get them fiddly little figures right is to go into a back office or out into the churchyard or something like yeah. that get away <laughs> yourself from away <laughs> and interruptions yeah. Yeah, to enable true. us to focus and concentrate mm -hmm. and i think we all know that those especially for administrators i'm one myself and in many ways not a church administrator but a general one uh, that when we're doing detailed stuff that needs thought and accuracy yeah. it only needs the telephone to ring the email to ping we've got more control over that or the door to open and someone to come in yeah. And it isn't just the five minutes that the person is there that you've lost. You then need another five minutes to overcome perhaps the emotion of, especially if they came in with a complaint. Yeah. And then yeah. another five minutes to get yourself back to where you were originally. <laughs> and suddenly a quarter of an hour has gone. Yeah. So there's the level of availability is hugely important when we consider capacity. Yes. So if you're in a corridor, in a desk, in a, in a sort of church office where there's a a mums and toddlers group going on and they're coming past you all the time that's going to impact your capacity yes the third thing i jotted down was the environment you're in um and if you're in a nicely heated nicely lit comfortable church office that can may give you much more capacity to work 
Yes. And if you're in a cold, drafty vestry, which yes. is what many administrators have got. And if you're yes. working on your own, if you're worried about working on your own, who's this coming to the door? Do you let them in or not? Uh, that affects things too. So, so there's things about certainly an administrator's job in particular that have a major impact on your capacity. And the church may expect 100% from you. You've said it already on traffic. Yeah. Only work for 80. And I've now cut it down to 40 or 30 because <laughs> I've cut off a couple of lanes now of the motorway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's true, isn't it, John? Yeah. I, I think you're picking up some really good points there because um, w- one of the things that we've been chatting about in, in our church is that we've always been available nine to five through the week. And since COVID has happened, there are less people coming through the door. And so we've, we've enjoyed that kind of quieter spells to get on yeah. with the kind of things that you're talking about. Um, and I guess we've had to think, right, actually what, you know, we've done this for so many years. We think we're just going to go back to it. But actually, do we need to readdress things like opening hours, things like availability um, and, and to review those things? And I, I guess people... Um, should be encouraged to think about that and have those conversations, have a bit of courage to have a conversation with your, with your line manager or with someone that you're, yeah. your minister you're working with to say, should we continue to work in this way? Well, quite a number of administrators get around this by having the office open, should we say, 9 to 12 in the morning, but they're mm-hmm. there until 2 o'clock. Yes. And they know they've got this extra two hours to get that sort of finickety, accuracy, yeah. spreadsheet, financial, whatever it happens to be, work done. Yeah. Um, the trouble is when people discover that you're still there at two o'clock, of course, they, they hammer on the door. Um, yeah. But that's one way of looking around, you know, of getting around the, the external. But for yes. me, the thing that I'm always screaming at with churches is recognise reception yeah. as a responsibility that every administrator working from a central base will automatically yeah. have. And it's not just... I was in a church over the weekend and on, on Saturday talking to the administrator in her office. And uh, I said, reception covers not only the people dropping in, but also the emails and the telephone mm-hmm. calls. And she said, I had never thought of that, that yeah. reception was the email stuff I have to deal with all the day, all time. And, and, the, and the telephone ringing was reception yeah. as well. Yeah, said, not just the physical. Not they're yeah. not there physically, but they're there yeah. in reality to you. Yeah. And the interruption is there. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, there is because you get a text message that would normally come through reception and it does interrupt and stop you from what you're doing. All oh, right. You know, and I'm terrible for text messages. John. I, I forget to go back to them because, yeah, you, you don't always remember later on. Yeah, you don't have a I, I need to kind of think about that system. But, yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Well, it's, um, the, it's the ping of your electronic device that says, you know, yeah. I have a message for you or I have an email for you or whatever. Um, you know there are times when we need to switch that off yeah and focus on what we're doing there are times we need to physically move out of the office and to be able to have a a back office by back office i mean anywhere doesn't have to be physically in the same place yeah just gets you away if you've got a job that requires accuracy so let's take an example you're preparing a sunday notice sheet and it may be an email sheet now it may be a you know um something like that but you've got to get the details right of the date mm. of you know what's happening during the week. And you've got to get the times right. Get a date wrong for your alpha course or yeah. explore course or whatever it happens to be, and you're in trouble. Yeah, confusion. Um, yeah. But getting that accuracy 
right when you've got constant stream of interruption or even just people walking past. Yeah. It's very difficult. And it's quite unfair for a, a minister to expect an administrator to come up with a highly accurate work and at the same time be dealing with yeah. a, a major reception yeah. facility. Yeah, I, I think that's such a such a helpful point. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I've I've not thought about it in the same way, John. I think that's really yeah, really wise thought there to uh, to reconsider that environment. Yeah. yeah, and it is such a big part of our work, isn't it? It's the uh, the place where everyone in the church will use or will go to at some point, either in person or via email or text. Uh, and, and, or, and you've got to decide too how much of of that reception is actually pastoral and how much is administrative. Hmm. Uh, and there are some administrators who are people people who in you know who are only too happy for someone to drop in on the way back from the shops an yeah, older yeah. person tired with shopping who just wants a chat yeah yeah now just yeah, wanting yeah. a chat when you've got an administrator is yeah. an issue in itself yeah do you chat and is that christian ministry uh, but do that does that then mean you take the job home with you yes and your kids suffer and your and your spouse suffers because you're doing the work back at home. There's issues yeah. all around this. Yeah. Um, or do you actually say to the person, I'm I'm an administrator, I'm not here to talk to you, get out, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably as, not gonna work. Yeah. Be known as the person who always says no, you know. Yeah. yeah. The dra office dragon person. Yeah. Um, it's true, it, isn't it? And and the kind of culture, the kind of you know, what you want to create in your reception you want that to be linked you know this is where administration and ministry meet don't they so you could have a chat with your senior pastor or leader and say you know how do you want the reception to run what kind of flavor what kind of experience do you want people to to receive you know so how long should you wait till you reply to a phone call or an email you know all these little yeah. bits of detail actually um you know need to be kind of discussed don't they and i think I making ministers aware I'll just pick you up on one thing you've said. You said when administration meets ministry, administration meets yeah. ministry. Yeah. I've put them both together straight away. Yeah. And say when administration meets pastoral needs or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a good way of putting so it. Get away from the distinction between ministry and administration. They're the same word. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. And one other thing, John, in terms of environment and external, is probably job descriptions. Now, I meet a lot of administrators who you know, have almost, have almost been brought in to help because they, a minister recognises that there's a need. Um, and they kind of say, we're not entirely sure what you're going to do, but we know we, we're going to keep you busy because there's lots to happen. There's lots of things happening. And they don't necessarily start with a defined job description. And those job descriptions, if you've got one, don't often get reviewed and updated. So since COVID, we should be reviewing these job descriptions that we've got and saying what impact has it made what changes have made what things are now taking longer what things are taking less time and that kind of audit in terms of job description i think is an important thing to exercise to be doing yes a job description stays broadly the same unless the mm -hmm. job changes completely and by the way it's quite legally it's quite tricky to change a job oh yeah of course yeah uh, on contractual basis but that's a different yeah, of course issue. Um, but it ought to be tweaked, certainly yes. at an annual review. Annual review? What's that? Yeah. Um, but certainly on a, on a regular, I would argue on a six-monthly, let's have a look at it. Does this still work? Yes. But a job description is not the same as a to-do list. No, that's right. And the administrator I saw on Saturday, uh, she sent me her job description. It's simply a to-do list. 
you have to do this, 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 this long list of things. Well, that's fine. That's not a yeah. job description. Yeah. A, a job description to me has three parts. It's a, it's a holistic thing that says, A, why you're there, yeah. who you relate to, and what your key responsibilities are. Yes. And that gives shape because then you're looking at the list of responsibilities, or it may be tasks for some people, in the light of a purpose statement of this is why we've employed you. This is why yeah. you're here. Yeah. And you may be, the reason you're here may be all sorts of things, but it's what ought to get you out of bed in the morning. It's what ought to excite you. It's, it's what ought to say, you know, this is my ministry. Yeah. Not the fact that you're filling in, you know, doing staff expenses forms, filling in the, the spreadsheet for this, doing that. Those are all means to an end. What, what's, what's the end? Why have we got you here in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's helpful, isn't it? And and I think having uh, a good relationship with with those that you work with to review these and have a chat about these is that I found in some churches where the ministers had a lot of input in, in the start of someone's role and then they kind of forget what they're doing and, and responsibilities grow and, and change and develop and somebody's happy to develop and do more. Um, but I, I guess it is about recognising those things and and. Um, an awareness for ministers of you know actually some things take longer than they realize and because of the environment that we're in um, one week doing the banking and organizing the gift aid might take an hour but another week that might take three hours because you've had interruptions you've had people coming in you've had different drop-ins and and that flexibility needs to kind of exist doesn't it yeah because your, your external issues are going to change week by week so there's, there's got to be enough. I mean, you talked about 80% at the start of this. Yeah. There's got to be inbuilt flexibility into this. Yes. In both expectation of what the administrator can achieve, but also internally, the administrator themselves has got to realize that things, you know, that one small interruption one week can actually turn into a massive thing that day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we've got to be able to cope with that flexibility, not to be too fixed which for yeah. an administrator is quite difficult because we yeah. administrators like trem lines. We, we like, yeah, you know, we know exactly where we're going at what time. Yeah. Yeah. But that perhaps leads on Gavin to the fact that we're going to go back to capacity again. There are yeah. internal issues too, personal yeah. issues that affect our capacity. And some of us are high energy people and some of us aren't. Mm -hmm. And I've worked in many churches where you've got a leader who's high capacity bouncing with energy, yeah. working often with an associate, and it could be an operations person working with an administrator, it could be a minister working with an associate, a minister with an administrator. Yeah. And they, of course, assume that the other person's got the same energy level that they've got. Yeah. And cannot understand when they don't achieve as much in 24 hours as they do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right, yeah. And they may be a workaholic, and they may be somebody who's working all hours, uh, and expect the administrator to do it. And there's this sort of, this pressure, mm. this subtle pressure that be like me. Yeah. Uh, and if we are high energy leaders and if we're working with other people, we've got to bear in mind that how has God made us? How has God made them? Are we trying to put onto them expectations that would only be right on ourselves? Mm -hmm. So um, the whole level of energy levels is one issue of internal thing. Um, but we also need to remember that when we're working, how, what's happening in our life yeah. is hugely important. If, 
if you had a row with your spouse before you left home that morning, that's going to affect your capacity. That, that, that day. Yeah, it is. Yeah. If you're worried about your kids at primary school that day because of something going on there, you're going to be thinking of that, and that's going to affect your capacity. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's all very well to say switch off. You're at work now, but we're human beings. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't switch off. Um, yeah. We carry those things, don't we? That's right. Yeah. 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 And the more we're under stress, um, I mean. If you know homes and rare tables and, and stress tables, they're, 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 what they basically says was every everything in life has a stress factor. Yeah. And what we're facing now is a, is the summation of what's yes. impacting us. Yeah. So it only needs one more thing. And on a motorway, going back to the motorway again, it only needs one breakdown, one minor accident, one thing happening on the hard shoulder for a cue to develop immediately when you're running at more than 80%. Yes, yeah. And the yeah. same is true in our lives. Yes, right. Your illustration is a good one because it, it, it impacts in all sorts of different ways. So it only needs one more thing. Straw that breaks camel's backs comes to mind. It does, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if, if your minister shouts at you because you haven't done something or something like that, that, that was just the one extra thing on top of the kids, on top of the, something at home, on top of your own worry about health or COVID yeah. or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So that Im- impacts too. And it's so important to recognise that, John, isn't it? You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a minister or you're somebody in a role that oversees other people, you know, that that awareness as people come into the office today or into your church office, what's going on in their heads? Is, is there a point where we have to, before we start, we have to pray together? Uh, and, you know, is there, is there, there's opportunities, isn't there, to care for our staff in, in these process, so not to... Just, you know, let's deal with that so we can get them back to running at 80, 70% capacity, but actually to care for those. There's a, there's a longevity, isn't there, of, of you know, helping people. Um, so I'm aware of certain situations that staff are facing in my team. And I want to make sure that I give room to them and ensure that they're taking their, their holidays at the right time in the right way. Um, that they're not just holidays in crisis, but they've also got holidays where they can rest. And we've had to adjust those things. So. Yeah. There's yeah, there's people behind this capacity conversation, isn't there? And like you're saying, we we want to uh, to care for people well. Um, We've got a balance between caring for people and understanding them and, and and the people that God has made them. Yes, but at the same time, not saying, "Well, work output doesn't matter." You know, just do what you can. If you take away all discipline, yes, you take away all stress, the body goes limp. Yeah. And it doesn't work. We, we yeah. need stress. We need yeah. discipline. We need standards. We need expectations. But they've yes, got to right. be ones that are reasonable and understand the people involved. Yeah. So you, it, it, it really is a balancing act. Yeah, um, it is. If, if you just say, oh, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, you get away with anything. That, yeah, that's, that's not, not going to work. work. <laughs> no, that's not going to work, though. And and there's a difference, isn't there? And uh, I don't think I've had an employee that's taken advantage of that, John. Um, <laughs> you know, in any way. So uh, if you're listening, employees, we love you and you're doing a good job. <laughs> well, go um, back to the go back to the Gospels and see how Jesus treated the twelve. That's right. Yeah. Um, taking them across the lake to get them away from the crowds. It, it often didn't work. Yeah. Um, to get them away from the crowds because they needed to rest. Yes. If they'd been a, a high, I mean, he could have kept going probably, but yeah. they needed to rest. So he took them across the lake to, to give them some 
one-to-one time, some me time. Yeah. Um, and and yet he expected them to understand what he was saying and click and got quite rough with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He challenged. When they didn't, didn't he? when they yeah. didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. There is that that, that balance in our Lord's life very yeah. clearly evident. Absolutely right. And I think in, you know, if we go to someone like Genesis 2, you, you know, you see this work and rest cycle going on, don't you? So, uh, and this, this command in scripture to, to obey the Sabbath, to have that, that rest and, and rest is a key conversation when we're talking about capacity, isn't it? Because um, you can't run 80% all the time, 90% all the time. You, you have to have a break where you're able to, to switch off. And, and that's hard. And that can be tough if you're an administrator whose yes. private telephone number and email address is known to the congregation. Yes. And some are happy to do that. And this bounces back again to the usual issue of what happens on a Sunday, you know, Sunday morning at service yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But if, you, if some administrators are happy for people to ring them at home. Yeah. But others find that people just, if there's a church directory or church suite, you've got their telephone number. So you just ring them up at home out of yeah. office hours, as you were, out of their, their office hours, and expect them to be able to deal with your inquiry straight away. There's, there's got to be Sabbath for administrators as well yeah, as Sabbath for everybody else. Yeah. And I've said before, John, you know, this, there's this, this, when you work at a church in a, whatever capacity, you, you kind of bring your, your friends, your work, the church, all into one place, don't you? And, um, you know, where you don't want to necessarily set boundaries, say, don't contact me or don't speak to me on a Sunday about this because... You, your family and you want that to kind of you you want that to happen yeah but also you know we have to recognize that administrators they need a they need a break they need a day off and not just to rest but also to refresh and uh, one of the one of the things that i spoke at ucan conference a round table thing we were talking about rest and we're saying i think there needs to be the three r's this kind of repentance where actually I need to recognize it and change myself and ask for grace there needs to be some refresh where Actually, I go and enjoy some some of the benefits that God's created, you know, music or dance or sport or, you know, and then I need to get that time where actually I can switch off and I do rest and I do sleep and I do get the time. Um, and so the three R's are kind of, you know, one of the things that I talk about on the on that conference. Right. There's, there's, and, there's, lot, there's lots more R. R is, really, it's a great letter for this because you, I mean, you can have rest, you can have recreation, you can have revitalization. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all important. Recreation yes. and recreation, both meanings. Um, yeah. Lots of R's anyway, if you want to alliterate on R. We should, uh, yeah, we should expand that then, John. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so rest behind the scenes in this capacity, you know, conversation is important. And, and it takes courage because I know for me personally, my weakness in this is that I will orchestrate the different people that work for me to get rest and to care for them. But I, you know, I'm not very good at doing that for myself. And I, I kind of, I try and fit my rest in around everyone else, and it doesn't always work out that way. Um, and coming back to our subject of capacity, yeah, our capacity will be impacted by how much yeah. rest we have had. Yeah, it, it sounds the nonsense thing, but taking the right time off, this is the Sabbath principle again, mm. means that we are more able to serve in the time when we're on. Yes, that's right. So very often somebody gets into a spiral of taking work home, working mm. in the evenings, working at weekends, you know, taking telephone calls at home and things like that. 
when actually they'd be more effective if they were yes. unavailable for certain times, but then were able to give their full attention in a positive frame of mind when they're on. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you're right. To achieve more, you need to take more time off I, I would be necessary to say to some people. Yeah, yes. But it does depend so much, especially for part-time administrators on, on, on how it works out and operation yeah. stuff. It, it's different for everybody. It's so different for everyone, isn't it? And, and that's that, that kind of self-audit of your life and, and what you've got going on. And, and there are different seasons, aren't there? I know personally for me, if there's some things going on with the kids that those particular seasons are more challenging, you know, than others. Um, I'm in the teenage years, John, with my kids and uh, the late night conversations and stuff, you know, into 12, into one o'clock talking about things um, is tiring when you come in at nine o'clock on Monday morning and you've got to, you've got to try and uh, organize something in the church or, or chat to someone. So um yeah, so Kevin, I, I left. The, I left my teenagers many, many years ago. <laughs> but, but can I just say, the concern for your kids does not leave you throughout life. Okay, it's just different to different chapters. Birth is one issue. Your capacity in the church office, if your spouse has just given birth, for example, yeah, you're up all night. Yeah. Um, uh, or you're just back from maternity leave and you're petrified of thinking what's happening with the child minder and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Or you're in the st starting school. What are they going through? The agony of the first day at school. Or you're in the teenage years. Yeah. Earth is happening to them. I don't understand them at all. They don't <laughs> understand me. Um, but it goes yeah. on you know, for, for their 20s and 30s and 40s, I can assure you, uh, in a different way, yeah. we are concerned for those of us who ha have the privilege of having children yes. with our kids yeah. at whatever age they are. And when I'm 90 and they're 60, it'll probably be exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I think that really drives home the point, doesn't it, of the kind of both the external issues and the internal issues going on. Um, so one of the things that the Welsh government did was to divert tra local traffic off the road. So this idea of kind of uh, to to delegate tasks to to look at how I can get other people involved in in our work and I think it'd be it'd be interesting to kind of draw your brain pick your brains on this John because I know you've got lots of experience about drawing in volunteers to take on different things so drawing in a volunteer to manage reception at a certain time or um, you know to you know we've kind of outsourced some of our our giving records to to somebody so that nobody in the church gets to see the people's giving apart yep. from me and that that's a blessing as well for for staff to not have to deal with uh, things like payroll we've done externally and we found you know that for 25 pounds a month or something somebody else can run it and it's not like these tasks are sometimes um difficult or arduous they're actually tasks are fine to do but by looking at some of the aspects of my work and releasing them getting that local traffic off the motorway that enables me to then be available uh, you know, my capacity is far better on the main stretch um, because there are there are other external things like my senior boss will say, oh, would you do this? You don't normally do this, but would you consider doing this? And and having that room in place with that local traffic off, it allows me to serve him in different ways. So I've thrown a number of things there at you, John. But okay. um, yeah, delegation. Talk to me a bit about that. What do, What's your thoughts on that? The first thing I want to say about delegation is don't read all the secular textbooks on time management and delegation. 
Yes. Because they usually assume that you're in an office with a subordinate. Yeah. And the subordinate has a subordinate and the subordinate subordinate has a subordinate. Yeah. And therefore, you can delegate to the person next in the chain of command. And yeah. in church, it's not the same. It's not, no. A, because it, you're either talking about delegating to volunteers, which is a law and you know, a completely different thing in itself. Yeah. Uh, or there just aren't people to delegate to. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, that could be an excuse. So let's have a little bit more think about this. Uh, the other thing, I used to work with a colleague who, and she had a, a brilliant thing. She said, delegation isn't the same as dumping. Yes. Yeah. I've always found that helpful. You can dump stuff onto somebody. Hey, you do this lot, but that's not delegation. Yeah. Delegation is a long-term um, yes. issue yes. that yes. needs that's training helpful. and help and enables somebody else to develop and grow in a role and doesn't, won't just happen today when you say, hey, you do that lot. Mm. So having said that, um, for most of us, we'll be delegating, if we do delegate anything, to a volunteer, mm -hmm. which means they haven't got contractual control over them. And if their Aunt Maud is sick on Monday, they'll be out looking at Aunt Maud. They won't be here yeah. in your office yeah. reception for you. That's right. Um, what I usually say is that delegating to volunteers is great as long as you define the person spec for what you're looking for mm -hmm. and realize that the willing the willing volunteer isn't always the best solution yeah and may in fact take you more time than less yeah there can be some people who are only too can i come and do something only too happy to help then they have a need and when they turn up their need is to chat to be in in, in, in somewhere where they're wanted and loved not at home mm. uh, and that can that may be fulfilling a pastoral need for them, but it's yes. not helping to get the work done. And we've got to be a little bit disciplined in, in thinking about this. And so uh, uh, caution, caution uh, is yeah. the word for delegation to volunteers. But if you've got somebody who really has got the capability of what you want to give them, yes, and who's prepared to be trained by you, and you're prepared to give the time for the training, then of course it can be brilliant. Yeah, I was in a church a little while ago where they had a team of, of six people and it was a team under a leader to do the reception duty for the church office. Brilliant. So that the administrator and other staff were in the back office all the time. And these people manned the desk, two on each day. But they were brilliant, I met them, they were brilliant. Yeah. They were enthusiastic about it, they were keen, they, and if you, I ask them questions, they could answer them. Whereas if you have a volunteer that says, I'll just go and ask the administrator, you, yeah. you haven't gained very much. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So delegation is serious business, but isn't always possible in the way the textbooks say it is, because the textbooks are written for a different yeah. setting. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah need, you know, we, we mustn't just be too simplistic about this. And just, oh, let's get some volunteers. In. It isn't as simple as that. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, when I when I think about delegation, I, I tend to do uh, an exercise where I kind of put together sort of three columns. One is, uh, you know, the, what are the things on my list that I need to stop doing that I need to, you know, somebody else needs to be doing these things. Uh, what, are, what are the things that I need to transfer, but I need to do them now 
but what who can I be training at? Where do I need to to place them? Uh, there might be staff that want to develop that would like to do it. There's outsourcing or there's there's volunteers like we're talking about. And then the other one is what do I need to do? You know, those kind of three different mm. columns. And I will kind of, you know, take a couple of weeks and just write all of that out and think about that and get some input in from uh, from my senior leader and say, what do you think about this? This is a list I'm, I'm going through. This is kind of all that I'm doing. Uh, what would you say are the things that I need to stop? What do you say are the things that I need to delegate? Um, and with that is a conversation about resource. So what? So in order for me to delegate this, I'm going to need some financial resources or I'm going to need some time to invest. Um, and getting people's input into that uh, is, is useful. So that's kind of an exercise that if, you, if you're thinking, where do I begin on this? How do I start this thought process? Um, there'll be some things that will come straight away to mind that you go, right, I can delegate that. Yeah, yeah. I know the person who can do that because they're brilliant. Because most of the time we know folks in our church who have got gifting. We know uh, where they can be effective and where they can serve. Um, it's just being given the opportunity sometimes. Um, so that would be a couple of thoughts, an exercise that you could you yeah. could do. Yeah, we, we often want to be kind in churches. And if someone says they can do something, we're only too happy to take them on when actually that may cost yeah. rather than give benefit. You, you said a moment ago when, when things you should stop. Mm. And let's bear in mind that if we delegate something, responsibility for the output remains with us. Yes, that's right. And when they m- mess up, we take, we take the can. Yeah. Um, so... It's no good saying to the person, to, well, I didn't do that. They gave the wrong answer. The, yeah, the, the, um, the receptionist yes. gave the wrong answer to that person and put them off. Yeah. I failed to train that person well enough to give the right answer. Yes. Let, let's, let's keep own, that, that sort of ownership. Yes. Um, yeah. So we keep that responsibility. Yeah. But we, we delegated the task. Yeah. I think that's a good, dis- yeah, good distinction there, isn't it? But then we take risks. You have to. So I yeah. say to the volunteer, you go and do, deal with that. I will back you in whatever you do or say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I work with a team of people doing a distance learning course and a team of tutors. And sometimes I say to one of them, they come to me and say, what would you do? How would you mark this assignment? You know, mm-hmm. And I say, I give some comments, but then I say, but you go, you go and put your mark on it and you, whatever you do, I will back you. Yeah. And that's because I know them, I trust them, and I'm not going to take stuff off and treat them as a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that means if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. And I've also found... Uh, John, there are tasks in, that I can delegate to people that that are complex, you know. Um, so I can often think, right, I'll just delegate the easy things that can be done. But actually, there are some people in our church that would love to be involved in a complex kind of planning or event or something. Um, and so we've got a Christmas market coming up, and one of our staff members has got a real interest in it, real passion to do it. Um, and she wants to take all the responsibility for it and would love to get involved in the complexity of all the different details and the teams and all the legislation, all the things that we've got to do for COVID. And um, it's, you know, you can look at it and go, is that a risk? But, but there's a, there's a passion for it. And, and they've, they've got the, the experience that um, they just need to be released into it and encouraged and supported. 
And um, we, I've seen fruit in that in taking some of the risks and, and I've seen more fruit than I have gone of massive blunders that have, you know, yep. now needed me, you know, much more time. Um, and Gavin, you're going to have lots of people listening to this who says, can, I, can, can we come and be the administrator at your church, please? <laughs> we don't recognise these people in our church. Yeah. Um, I think we have got to identify people carefully and, and, and yes. the people who you, you don't ask for volunteers and anybody comes. I mean, you don't ask for a youth worker volunteer. You shouldn't yeah. do yeah, you need someone who's specialist, and otherwise you could get all sorts of difficult and yes. awkward customers, to put it yes. mildly. And similarly, for things that we do, you don't just ask for volunteers. Yeah, um, you you need to actually go and say to somebody, "I think you've got the capability of doing this. It would be great. Would you think about it? Pray about it." Yeah, yeah, it's very good, John. Well, this Thursday, um, I put it out on Sunday to say who would like to come and decorate the church building with Christmas decorations? Uh, no, no qualifications needed. So we'll see who turns up, John, but it, it might be, uh, it might be an utter disaster uh, to see what happens. I've got, I think I've got 15 or 20 people coming. So uh, who, who just, you know, haven't been able to see anyone for ages, you know, would love to come and decorate the church. So uh, yeah. You'll be all right. You'll be okay. It'll be a test case. Yeah. Uh, are all those decorations straight john because uh my ocd is going to kick in and go oh i'm going to need to get up on that ladder and straighten it out so uh, now, now, now you've introduced another problem which is for administrators <laughs> which is perfectionism yeah uh, many yeah, of us true. many of us i say us are perfectionists yeah and yes we want that paper chain to be absolutely straight or whatever it happens to be and when somebody else does it to a lesser standard than we would have done it ourselves, yeah, we criticise them, or we yeah. make sure they don't get doing uh, asked to do such stuff again. Yeah, and this is an, an interesting point. I, I, there's a de definition of delegation which I love, which basically says you delegate something when you give a task to somebody who does it less well than you would have done it, mm -hmm. but which then frees you up to do a task that only you can do. Yes, yeah, yeah. But it's being acceptable that they're gonna do it less well than you would do it, or at least less well than you think you would do yes. it. Yes, and, and that is true, there. there is. <laughs> but then that frees you up for something that only you are capable of doing. Yeah. So sometimes good enough is fine, and yeah. we administrators have a real problem. I, I say that we all the time, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm one of this. We have a real problem with this, and only we are good enough if we're not careful yeah. to, to do that decoration. Or when somebody else has done it, we go around redoing it. Yes. yes. Which makes them feel dreadful. Yeah. Um, and then they put to, less, yeah, they put less into other tasks that they do in the future, don't they? Because yeah, they haven't been valued or yeah, or they feel good. that we've stepped in because they didn't do a good enough job. So yeah, it, it's so important, isn't it? Yeah. I love that. Um, John, just just to finish then on, kind of, I want to go back to grace because, uh, you know, when you talk about capacity, we need grace, don't we? We need the grace of God to help us. I, I love the Apostle Paul and his his focus on grace. So, you know, when there's success and things are going well, he says, you know, it's not I, but the grace of God within me. And then there's this crying out for a need of grace when do you know what? I'm, I'm overburdened. I'm struggling with the tasks and I need grace to help me, to enable me. Um, and I, I want us to, to think about those things, you know, and listeners to, to go, 
you know, we, we want there to be a focus on grace. I want you to, to spend time praying in the background as you think about capacity. I want us to prioritize those things that God's called us to do. Um, any thoughts on that last bit, John? How can we encourage people as they go? I think we have expectations upon ourselves that God does not have on us. Yeah. I think it's very easy. This is true for ministers. It's true for administrators. Anybody on a church staff, anybody for that matter. Um, to believe that we're here to save the world, or at least yeah. to save this church, uh, our way. And God has put us there as the only person he's got who can do this. Yeah, yeah. And, and he looks down, as it were, from heaven, if I can use this as a way of looking at it, and says, my yeah, dear yeah. child, um, I, I've given everything for you. I've given you gifts but they're gifts for the common good. Yeah. They're gifts to work with others. What others do is up to them. Don't worry about them. I'll look after them. Yeah. What I want you to do is to fulfill the task I've given you to do. Yeah. And the grace I've given you to enable you to do that. Yes. I have, I'm a consultant for churches. So I go into a church and write a report. And sometimes those reports are actually opening up wounds and quite difficult stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a side of me that says, I'd rather not do that. Let's tell them they're doing fine. Mm -hmm. But I have to give an account to the one who has given me this role. Mm -hmm. um, and only to him am I accountable in that sense. Mm -hmm. The Old Testament prophets, I don't expect they wanted to do what they had to do. Yeah. Nathan going to David, I don't expect he was terribly keen on that particular interview. Yeah. Um, but they were accountable to their Lord and Master. And only his well done, good and faithful servant, if you like, matters. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And we need to remember that too. Yeah. Um, in, in our work, in our in our ministry, in our yes. administrative ministry. Yeah. Um, that we're responsible to the Lord. And we're to do what he wants us to do, not what other people necessarily want us to do. And that has to be in a context, of course, of control and command. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it is what God wants um, us to do. So if you're a church administrator listening to this, then we, we pray for you and we, we're thankful for all the work that you do in the background. It really makes a difference in church life. And, uh, and John says before, you know, different people receive different encouragement and not 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 all ministers recognize it and encourage in the same way uh, but know yourself that that sense of god's smile over you as you do your work in the background um anything to add to that john what more could i add <laughs> well thank you so much john for your time today and thank you for talking about this important important issue uh, it, it takes a bit of courage to to talk about this with your friends with your employers uh, with your line managers uh, so so take that courage and, and have these conversations about capacity um, we'd love to hear your feedback we'd love to hear your questions if there's some things that we can follow up on then please get in contact as john puts this into some sort of document for his website then uh, we'll let you know when that's available and uh, we can be refreshed again john in what what you want to say and that'd be great um thank okay. you very much for your time great so to say goodbye you. okay bye bye-bye which has kind of connected us together that peer-to-peer -to -peer support is available uh, so don't don't be on your own
is is yes. the message if you can don't be on your own don't do this on your own and uh yeah do it with others and we we would love to hear from you. all right thank yeah. you very much for your time speak to you soon take care bye, bye.